It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, The Predator. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here today with my alien fighting brother, Dusty. What is going on, Dust? Yeah, I am super duper excited to do this podcast with you. Now, we went through The Predator, or sorry, Predator. I was Whenever I say the original, I always say The Predator, but it's yep. just Predator. This one is The Predator. But uh, we just went through Predator and had an amazing time. I think you gave it 100, right? Yes. Yeah, I think I gave it like 97, but it's it I mean very well could be 100. I absolutely love that movie. Now, getting into this movie, uh there's some things I want to talk about. But I want to ask you something. What do you think about I I'm, I'm pretty sure I know your answer before you're going to um give it. But what do you think about people who are just loud talkers in the middle of a movie or at the beginning of the movie or at any time? Like what do you think about that that they're sitting around you talking? I just, I really hate that. I can understand right at the very beginning of the movie if you'd say one last thing to the person you're watching it with. But other than that, I just really dislike it. I I completely agree. And I also get, uh, when I'm sitting in a movie theater, even if it's like, you know, the, the hot dog guys dancing around or whatever it might be, um, I still whisper or I still, you know, talk low. I don't talk like my normal voice really. <laughs> but there were some dudes in when I was watching The Predator, they were just talking like like nobody else was in the room, nothing else was going on, and everybody could hear every bit of the conversation. It was just so irritating. It's, maybe it's just how I normally feel like I feel how it would come across really um, self-centered and selfish if I were to just talk like that and and uh, just be loud. But there was like five people in there, which they might think, oh, nobody else is in here, so I can just be loud. But it was just irritating. And then um, in the movie theater that I'm at, they actually deliver food to you. And so in the middle of the movie, they get delivered food and they're eating it and you smell the food. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to know everybody else is there and what they're eating and all that stuff. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, you know, I've never, uh, none of the theaters here in Fresno deliver food. You can, we have one that I go to, they sell beer and they do sell some nicer food that you can chew on at the seats, but they don't deliver. So I've never really experienced that myself. Um, I know that I've brought McDonald's and stuff to a theater before. And I, when I did that, I felt kind of bad because everyone else is going to be smelling my fries and cheeseburger, but I was super hungry and ready to watch a movie, you know, but I don't think I would do that ever again. I know what you mean. So that's another thought of movies in general is the smells and the sense of uh, that, that other sense that you don't, you mean, obviously you hear and you see, you don't really feel, um, but you definitely don't smell anything. And things in the movie, like in The Predator, there are probably plenty of smells that if you were actually there and it actually was going on, that would just be either re- revulsing or uh, uh, repulsive, I guess, revolting and um, it, it just, it's just really interesting that all of a sudden when somebody brings food in, you're like, oh man, I smell something that doesn't fit the movie or, you know, it just throws you out of the, out of like the movie the thought. Yeah, it does. And I, I bet you someday when VR becomes a big thing, I bet you smell a vision will be a part of it. And, you know, eventually it'll be another way to add some extra enjoyment to movies. Yeah. And if you've, I know you've been to California Adventure for Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. I think in that soaring um, uh, roller coaster thing, it's basically, it's 
want to say like four stories tall and it's just an amazing thing that the screen is literally like four stories tall and so that's projecting on there they have wind blowing and it's unless it's hard to explain unless you're actually there but one thing i was going to say is that they actually pipe in like smells of the certain areas so that you actually get that fifth or whatever sense that is of you know the sense of smell throughout what you're actually seeing on the screen and you're flipping around and all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. The, didn't they bring in like the smells of the ocean and a pine tree, like pine forest and stuff? Yes, I believe so. So that was pretty mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, and then um, as you're soaring, like actually like moving and swinging around, they actually have fans on you blowing wind at you to make you feel like you are moving through the sky too. Yeah, yeah. It's super, super cool. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hopefully, I'm not hopefully, someday they will have smell-o-vision in our homes, you know, little smelling machines next to the television to, oh. to hell, hell, so so that we can smell like when the predator comes on the screen, we can smell what the predator smells <laughs> like. Or when there's a burning body or burning hair, we can actually smell that. I can't remember which movie it was, but it was super funny where they were turning on smell-o-vision, but it went backwards. Like they started smelling the people that are watching. And so the they were recording the movie and the people that were actually in the movie were like turn it on and they turned it on and all of a sudden oh we smell you you guys stink oh i don't know you don't, that one you don't remember that one okay no i can't it remember sounds what like it that would be like some kind of a spoof movie it might have been like weird al yankovic or something like that but i can't remember what it was uh uhf maybe i don't remember every part of uhf but i do remember enjoying that one yeah Cool bean. So let's go ahead and get to the movie you know when i walked out of the theater i was pretty pleased yeah. So, and one thing that you said is when you're leaving a movie, if you don't have anything to say, it's kind of like, well, eventually it turns out to be a negative movie in your mind. If you do have things to say, then you are already thinking this is a good movie. So did you leave thinking you had, or did you leave having things to say or not saying anything? Yes, I had, I left with plenty to say because it was quite a fun movie with lots of good action. There's a lot of things that you and I will talk about, um, uh, you know, maybe a lot of illogical choices and a lot of weird things happening and some confusing stuff in the story. But overall, I found it to be really fun. And afterwards, on the way home, driving, driving home afterwards, I just kept thinking back to all the different action scenes and how cool the Predator looked and uh, the various characters and what I liked about them and and it sat with me pretty well over the past few days and i do like it so okay good good so it hasn't gotten any worse in your in your mind no it hasn't okay so i i wouldn't say i hated the movie but i didn't like it very much because there were so many holes in the story and there were so many stupid things like there okay i i literally wrote down it looks like maybe 20 questions um, that, that just come, came to mind as I'm watching the movie that just doesn't really make sense. Um, I, one thing I loved though, was the music and the sounds that they brought in from the first movie, brought it into this, this movie, you know, predator to the predator, the same, um, uh, really iconic sounds where predator Two, you also hear those same songs and the same, uh, or, you know, the music playing in the background, not really music, but like the piece, you know, like the score. Yeah. Um, that really drew me in. I really felt that, but there were so many things that just eat away at me. Like why in the world is that, um, biologist chasing the female chasing the predator with the tranquilizer gun? 
I know that was, I mean, there were so many things like you're mentioning, you have 20 questions. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I probably <laughs> have the same number of questions, not only questions, but just stuff that totally confused me. And that was one of the things. Why is she doing that? Does she have training? Has she been in the military? Was she a former cop or something? And then who in the world jumps onto a moving bus? Yes. What is that? That is just stupid. Yeah, she I, is gutsy. She has no regard for her own self-preservation. I mean, she sees a creature. She's always been wanting to study, I guess, alien life forms and stuff. And this is her opportunity to get in there and do whatever it takes to not miss out on the opportunity. Yeah, and think about the first movie in Predator. The female, I don't know her name, but she did a great job her acting, but also the storyline with her. She was not stupid. She mm-hmm. wasn't, let, let me go take on the Predator myself. I was like, well, what? the thing the about world? the first movie is that nobody was let me take it on. Everybody was scared from the get-go. What the heck is happening? Why are the other troops in here shooting in every direction? What kind of force are they up against? Who freaking um, uh, kills people and then skins them and hangs them in a tree? Everything that they were seeing was scaring them to where they, they just wanted to get out of there. They didn't know what was happening. This movie, everybody has the opposite thing. Let's go get the Predator. Let's capture it. Let's learn from it. Let's kill it. Let's not be concerned about our own safety. I know it's rather weird. And so I'm going to go through a few of these other questions that I have, and they're not in particular order of when, of how the movie plays out. So another one is why in the world does the dog, the little, you know, alien dog change into be her pet after he gets shot in the brain. I'm like, what is this is so dumb. I know maybe it was some kind of a mind control dog or like you shoot it and it, 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 kills the part of its brain that has aggression <laughs> i guess uh, you know, aggressive just, instincts so silly um another one now i, mean, I gotta ask you because it's, it's more of a question that it, it seems stupid maybe but maybe they meant it as a joke um she the, the biologist says well the reason why they brought me in was because when i was a little girl i wrote a letter saying i want to be a part of aliens to the president and then you know 20 years later 30 years later i write a paper and they put two and two together and that's why i'm here was that a joke or was that serious that that had to have been a joke because there's no way the president or his staff compiles some kind of a directory of people who write to the president unless it's some kind of like i will kill you threat kind of letter you know but if it was a joke it fell so flat because I thought that was a serious comment from her. Mm, it was yeah. flat. So that was horrible. Another one. Um, how did the crew... This I might be a little... Um, uh, I might know the answer to this. But the very beginning, how did they capture the mini predator? I'm going to call him the mini predator. How did they capture the mini predator? Was he like unconscious or something? Yeah, I think he was unconscious from the the first attack that McKella, McKenna, what was his name? Yeah, McKenna. McKenna had against him. He somehow incapacitated him when he was able to escape. And then those guys came in, is my guess. Because they don't show at all. And there's only like three or four guys that go in, go into the jungle from the helicopter, right? Absolutely. Now, another, another question that I have is, is this group that this guy's working with, you know, the, the main uh, group that captures the, the mini predator, is that the same group that is working in Predator 2 where Gary Busey is, you know, trying to capture the predator? Is that the same group of, of organization or whatever? Yeah, my guess is it's the exact same, just some kind of a government group. Um, and uh, because Gary Busey's name was Keys, his last name was Keys in Predator 2. And in this one, Jake Busey, his son was also called Keys. Oh, okay, he was keys. Okay, I, I was thinking 
Because I saw, I was like, oh, a cameo from, uh, was it Jake Busey? Yep. That's what you said his name is? Yeah, okay, a, you know, cameo from him. Um, really short cameo. I mean, it's like two seconds. He really, it's way really, too short, man. I mean, absolutely. Jake Busey's always fun in any movie that you see him in from um, uh, The Frighteners. Is that what it was Frighteners, called? yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, The Frighteners and then um, and Starship Troopers. I mean, he's great. They should have had him in much more of the movie. He should have left the, uh, the facility with... Um, Olivia Munn's character and chased after it together. He should have been more a part of it. I agree. I, it's just sad that he wasn't more uh, taken advantage of in, in this in the movie or they, like the movie. They should have used him a lot more, in my opinion. Totes. So another one. Why is a mini predator fine with killing everybody in the room in his path to get the, you know get that little because he wanted to basically he's captured. And don't get me started on all of a sudden now he wakes up. Yeah, you know, I thought they would be having him sedated, but all of a sudden now he wakes up. That's just rather silly. Um, you know, he's heavily sedated, but he wakes up. Um, but he gets up and his goal, if I remember or if I'm understanding correctly, he wants to give the humans or somebody, something, the predator killer, you know, suit thing. You know, as I'm looking back, I see the very end, he gets that predator killing suit and then he's trying to get out to get it. Why is he killing all the humans to get out? Like, what do you think? It'd be like, well, I don't want to kill humans. Like, if he's a traitor, it it just didn't really make sense. Well, yeah, that didn't make sense. But also, just in the very beginning, killing those soldiers that came into the into the jungle with him, or you know, to find him or whatever, um, just killing them to start with. I mean, if he's in outer space, he should try to make contact with the humans and say, "Hey, I've got some good gear to help you out when my fellow predators come and really try to kill your planet." You know, absolutely. So that was just completely dumb um but yeah how did the predator the mini predator get unsedated that just rather weird and and then you get the stupid guy let me hold down the predator with my arms by his face where he has mandibles i mean you literally you could see that like your mind is like oh his arm's gone as soon as he puts his arms around his shoulders 100 percent um also point where, where did they get the fluid in the jars did that come from the ship uh yeah i don't know my guess is they not from the ship because they didn't have access to the ship at the time. Maybe it was just on his body, like in a little pouch part of his equipment. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That was kind of interesting. Now also, I don't know if I liked or didn't like, I think because I'm bringing it up, I probably didn't like, but they're them saying, or in two different times saying, well, that's, that's not the definition of a predator. You know, he should be called a hunter or something like that. What did you think about that? Where they had that, you know, back and forth about being term predator, term hunter. Oh, I liked it from the start. I found it really funny. And they called it a predator. Then she questioned it. And then later on, the same thing happened at a hotel room, like you said. And then she goes, exactly. That's my thoughts. You know, it was, it was just kind of a fun interplay, a fun conversation that happened twice. I, I enjoyed it. I see. I did like that, but at the same time, the way that they made it come across was that the it was like a negative connotation toward hunting. Like, hey, this is just a hunter is just kills for sport and takes away the horns or whatever. Whereas I'm actually a hunter. I um, just last week I brought home uh, deer mount. Basically, you know, they take the skin off and they put the antlers on and everything. Looks fantastic. Uh, I put it up in the boys' room. They love it. It's a deer that I got last year. But I hunt. Obviously, I I love um, the hunt. The thrill of the hunt's fantastic. But the meat too, that I love getting the meat. And so even though I'm a hunter, I apparently I'm a predator too, because I eat what I, what I take. And so anyways, I'm not saying that like that was horrible or anything. I just was like, uh, I didn't know if I liked it or didn't like it. But after talking with you, I definitely understand the thinking of why they said it. Um, but yeah, what do you think? 
Well, I think you're just too close to it. I mean, it's just like a mention of anybody who is, for example, uh, like a Republican. If a movie mentions anything about right wing or Republican, they automatically just kind of take offense at it because it's kind of poking fun at them or maybe not poking fun, but saying something it. kind of it or putting something in a negative light. And so for you, because you're such a hunter, being a uh, hunting is such a big part of your life, them kind of, uh, looking at hunting in a negative way hits you uh it hits you in the it hits you in the way it does i guess i should say yeah that makes total sense yeah it, it definitely does um and i didn't think they did i did not think that they went completely negative against hunting i didn't think that at all it just that's why it was kind of like uh eh. now another thing is why in the crap did that biologist did she disappear and then reappear jumping on the Goliath? I'm going to call him the Goliath. So you got the mini predator and you got the Goliath predator. Jump on top of the Goliath predator and start stabbing him. What in the world? That is so stupid. Who would do that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's she's seen too many movies. I guess she saw The Hobbit one too many times where, uh, you know, Legolas jumps on top or the hobbits jump on top of the of the troll the cave troll so maybe she was just emulating that maybe so i got a couple more questions that there's this movie is so confusing the storyline is so confusing um it is you know one of the things before you get to your next questions one of the things i think that happened it feels like they cut out so many different scenes or small little things that could explain a lot of these questions that we have maybe Maybe. And usually when I watch movies, I don't get this many questions, but this is just how it, it's worked out. Yeah. So you have that, and obviously questions with um, uh, being uncertain of the story plot, but some of these questions are also, that was illogical, that was stupid, or that was ridiculous. Um, another one, that predator killing suit that comes out at the very end, it's got this huge pod that's like the size of a person, but what pops out is a little arm guard. And I'm like, why wasn't the mini predators carrying that on his body the whole time? That's just, I don't get it. Why? I don't know. I guess it was designed for humans and not a bigger, larger, stronger predator, I guess. But why would it need to be submerged? It, it just weird. Why it was inside that capsule thing that was yeah. like 10 times the size of it. I mean, not mm-hmm. 15 si- times the size. Also, um, uh, McKenna's kid, is he like evolved or something? Is that how he can read the predator? Um, you know, the the program, he thought it was a game and all that sort of stuff. And then that's why the Goliath Predator wanted to take him. Yeah, it said something, somebody said something that about autism possibly being the next evolution of humans. So your son is actually, because he's autistic, he's able to see more, do more, or realize or understand more. Um, So he is an evolved human, supposedly, according to the movie. And that's yeah. why he was able to communicate with the with the alien technology and the alien language. Got it. Got it. Okay. I understand so that. So that's a huge stretch right there. That is a very, very huge stretch. Also, um, what was the original plan from the mini predator to give the humans the suit? You know, if he comes and crashes and then starts killing people, it's like... Does he really want to give him the suit or does he want, like, it just, it doesn't mesh well. What do you think? No, yeah, it doesn't mesh well at all. And didn't he string up one of the guys he killed in the very beginning? He sure did. So if, (laughs) I think the ending is just tacked on. It was something that they thought of last minute. My guess it was like reshoots or additional photography. They thought, how can we end this movie for a future, you know, a a second part, a follow-up movie? And that's what they did, not realizing or just not even caring that if that was the Predator's intent, that 
it just does not jive at all with the way the predator acted throughout the movie absolutely okay so my last question or last thing that that i had i got to writing down was why in the world was that school open for them just to run up and open the door and run through the school yeah i don't know after hours schools are always locked but whatever make it easy why waste the time in breaking down the door just let let's just leave the doors open and and let the (laughs) let the action flow into the school easily yeah, there's just so many things, but I would say that I was entertained. The action scenes were really fun. I love seeing the Goliath Predator fighting the Mini Predator, although that was really short-lived. I was kind of hoping for a little Too short-lived. Than- okay, good. You were, th- were with me, too. Yes. I mean, at some point, if it was truly the, the Mini versus the Goliath and the Goliath just wanting to kill all humans anyway, they should have figured out a way for the mini predator to team up with the ragtag group to fight the predator. And then at the very end, the mini predator dies and then they find the armor for the next battle for the next movie. But that's, I think that's how it should have played out instead of that predator dying within 30 seconds of them meeting. I completely agree. And that now that leads into my Monday morning quarterback is Mm -hmm. he should have teamed up with them. Uh, So uh, I, I just thought that was so uh, uh, under uh, underwhelming, you know, that fight scene. It just he just literally punches him in the head, and the guy's dead, or the yeah. you know the mini predator's dead. I'm like, wow, how is this predator suit that is supposed to be the you know predator killing suit? How is that supposed to take out somebody like this Goliath guy? It just yeah, so many um, uh, idiosyncrasies that are if that's the right word, but um, it just irritated me so much out of all these questions. Like it just doesn't make sense. No, no, it doesn't make sense at all. I agree with you there. My my Monday morning quarterback was something I already mentioned. Traeger and Saper, which was the other guy, those two lead guys of the army group, um, when they got out of the helicopter with no gear, that makes no sense. If they knew there was a predator there because they saw the ship come down or whatever, there, they should have been, those two guys, along with 20 or 40 soldiers, five or eight helicopters going in there to try to capture the thing. Yeah, I completely agree. It's rather silly how underprepared they were. But, hey, it worked out because apparently they got him. But it wouldn't have been like that if it was a normal situation where the Predator was actually running around killing people. Totally, totally. You know what I really like about the first three movies, Predator, Predator 2, and Predators, is those movies had a lot of suspense. The characters... They didn't know what was going on. Predator 1, there's this crazy thing in the jungle hunting them. Predator 2, there's this crazy thing in Los Angeles killing various um, uh, gang members and stuff. And in Predators, they were on a mysterious planet. They had no idea what was going on. How did we end up on this planet? A lot of suspense and the characters not knowing what happened. In this movie, the characters know what's happening at all times, so there's no suspense. There's just action and killing. And I think, uh, if you think about it now... We've seen the Predator in three different environments. Now, this is a fourth environment, suburbia. They could have still had a ton of awesome, uh, I guess, suspense to the story as well as the action. But I think suspense would have made this a bit more enjoyable. Maybe add or ratchet up the expense and then ratchet down the humor a little bit. I I think that's a very good observation because it's the lack of suspense, the lack of um, it's the addition of humor is not bad inside movies, in my opinion. I but when it becomes too slapsticky, then that's where I start thinking, hey, that's not this type of movie. You're just putting in there just for putting it in, which good or bad is my opinion. I'd rather see more um, uh, uh, intentional humor that's actually smart, not just hey, let's just you know do something rather you know, not slapstick. just throwing jokes out there. 
Correct. And you're right with the suspense. There was zero suspense throughout this. It was just action. Yeah, there was two little bits of suspense. The first one was when Olivia Munn's character was trying to get out of the lab and, you know, the doors wouldn't open because of the decontamination process and the predator was coming towards her. That was a bit suspenseful seeing what was going to happen. And then when the kid put on the gear to go out trick-or-treating, you knew something was going to happen. You didn't know what. That was a tiny bit of suspense. But other than that, nothing. (laughs) That's that's a good observation, too. Um, But yeah, like all throughout Predator, um, the, the first one, there is so much suspense throughout that whole movie. Like every every bit of it is suspenseful, which makes it that much better. Same thing with two, uh, Predator Two and and Danny Glover. Terrific movie because so much suspense building up to your anticipation of what's going to happen. Yep, you were asking that question the whole time in those movies. Oh, you know, um, something. Uh, I think one of the reasons why I really did like this movie um, was because that first 10 minutes was a lot of action and it was pretty cool seeing McKenna actually grab the, um, the predator's arm guard and then use some of its own technology against it. So I think that first 10 minutes was really fun and cool. And then with the whole idea of them capturing the predator and then possibly experimenting on it and learning more about it, that was cool. From that point forward, the movie kind of took a dive. The action helped, but I think it was that first 10 minutes that got me on this movie. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree because it. I wouldn't say it felt like two different movies, but once he shipped off all the you know the the alien gear, um, Predator's gear, it seemed like it was a totally different movie. It kind of did. And I rem- that first opening scene that was pretty neat. I, I actually I thought that yeah yeah. Now that you're talking about it, as you explain it, it does make me feel like the first part maybe was shot differently or something, but. I, it just seems like if they would have kept kept going with that line, um, although, like you said, with them getting out of the helicopter, the bad guys getting out of the helicopter, not prepared, that was obviously a little uh, wrinkle in it. But the suspense and the leading up, that was pretty neat. It was. Hey, you, you asked a ton of questions. I have another question. Why did he swallow that ball? <laughs> okay, so my opinion is, and the reason why he mailed everything, obviously we know it was for proof. Proof that he saw something, that there was something out there, blah, blah, blah. Now, swallowing the ball, one, um, that I believe that's how he the uh, predator becomes invisible, right? Yeah. That houses the technology for it. Yeah. And so that's small enough to where he can actually keep it on his person. He's not sure if mailing it is actually going to do any good. Um, maybe that might get uh, camouflage or he might use it in the future, whatever it might be. But that's one way that he knows for sure he'll have it. Yeah, I got you. See, uh, I I understand that. Like, he wanted to keep it on him, but he didn't want it to be confiscated when he gets arrested by the military because he knew that was going to happen. That totally makes sense to me. But, like, two things. He never used that ball until after... He never used the invisibility until after he hooked up with the son and got the equipment, right? Yeah. So, as far as the story goes, it had no use whatsoever. Um you know, uh, the story outline or the timeline of the story. It had no use. There was no reason for him to swallow it. But the other thing, I think it would have been really cool if he had swallowed it and at some point somebody punched him in the gut and then he turned invisible. (laughs) That would have been good. Like it could have just been, not that it would have been necessary to the story, but that could have been how he maybe escaped custody or 
I mean, who knows? They could have used that in some in some way in the story. That's a good point. That's that's very creative. That would have been very very neat to see. And then you know, how is he going to get uninvisible? You know, and then you just kind of see him punching himself in the stomach or something. I know, huh? Throughout the movie, he just keeps <laughs> whacking himself. Oh, I gotta I gotta get invisible. Boom. Oh, yep. And then he's invisible. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Um, you know, one thing I really liked about the first Predator that I guess in Predators in the third one, you have this aspect as well, but you have this ragtag team of people um, you know, fighting against a predator. But in and in this one as well, the Predator, we had a ragtag team. But the problem is with the first one and with Predators, the ragtag team, they don't really talk about who they are. Uh, by the way they look, the way they're dressed, the weapons they wear, and and how they act throughout the movie, you see what kind of person they are, right? It's more like they're showing and not telling. In this movie, when they introduced the ragtag team on the bus, they were kind of telling what everybody is. There wasn't much showing. I really liked, I like the team aspect, but I like how parts one and three did it better. They did it much, much better. The because mm-hmm. they they feel like okay, we got that all out of the way in the bus. So now you know these characters. So now we don't need to develop their character anymore. Which I thought it left a little lacking. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's always better to show and not to tell. Um, I was surprised and happy to see Thomas Jane and Keegan Michael Key though, because as you know, as we've discussed with the audience, I don't watch any trailers at all, so I had no idea who was in it, and it was really awesome seeing them. I yeah I I agree and I love is uh, Keegan is that how you pronounce his name yeah Keegan Michael Key oh he is hilarious yeah <laughs> he and uh whoever his buddy is that, that do those videos that they put on YouTube and stuff um mm-hmm. uh, Peel Peel I think yep Key and Peel yeah they're hilarious absolutely hilarious um, but acting wise he's a great actor actually uh, I think as far as acting goes I didn't see any negatives anything that I was like oh man they should have got a better actor or something now McKenna I've never seen him in any other, any other movies I thought he did a decent job you never saw Logan yes I did was he in that he was the main bad guy not the leader but he was the main grunt chasing after Logan the guy with oh. the mechanical hand I guess Logan was so forgettable for me that I just completely stopped. Oh, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about, dude. McK- oh, Logan was great. Okay. Crazy. <laughs> I guess maybe I was watching on Fast Forward. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but Boyd Holbrook is that actor's name. Really good actor. Oh, just speaking of acting in general, I thought everybody in this movie did a good job acting. I liked everybody. Olivia Munn, maybe it was because of what her character was doing was kind of the least memorable actor but everyone else i love the roles that they played and the work that they were doing in the movie yeah yeah i definitely agree um is it traeger is the other other black guy that was part of the ragtag group was that his name no 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 uh trevante he played nebraska nebraska i liked his character oh yeah i thought i thought he was super awesome i love the his his demeanor his mannerisms like i just i thought this was a very very good character to have and he played he did a great job um I, I did think, though, that for some reason, Gary, not Gary, Jake Busey, his acting, even though uh, he just seemed a little quirky to me, but maybe that's his character. Um, it was kind of weird. But um, but he only had like three lines in the movie. I mean, it, you know, he was maybe disappointed that he didn't have a bigger <laughs> role like his dad did in Predator 2. So he was maybe phoning it in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> phoning it in. <laughs> they yeah. just did a blue screen and then put him yep. in there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so as far as the acting, everything was pretty good. One thing I did not like about the main character, I keep, I don't know, you're good with names. What's, what was his name again? The main McKenna? character? McKenna. The, the guy that's playing him, like the way it was played, his um, demeanor was not like um, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger or, and it's, it's probably intentional, but yeah, he's not like Danny Glover, um, Adrian Brody and Predators or uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you said, not like any of them. He's his own. He's his own character. Yeah. So he probably you know played it out that way. Um, I I guess just he didn't seem as he seemed too arrogant as opposed to confident. I think they told him, "Hey, you are Peter Quill in this movie." <laughs> Seriously, be. because they had humor. They totally like marvelized this movie or Ragnaroked or Guardians this movie in terms of humor. And so I think they told him, "Hey, you're Peter Quill, buddy." That makes sense. And what was really rather silly his son is going to be eaten by a predator dog. And he runs up with a AR-15 and says, hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Get a little more sense of urgency in your mm-hmm. voice. Yep. I think that was a thing. What did you think about, um, what did you call it? The Giganto Predator? What did you name it? Oh, Goliath Predator. Goliath Predator. I, I really thought it was cool. He looked awesome. He was freaking 11 feet tall and super strong and tough looking. I would have liked... I mean, I understand 11 feet tall. It was 100% CGI, but I really do like how most of the Predator is practical effects, you know, makeup and mask and weapons and and armor and stuff. Yeah, I definitely liked it. I would say that uh, I didn't see a whole ton of issues with the CGI with the Goliath Predator. Oh, Um, neither did I, but I just know that it's CGI as opposed to the mini Predator was mostly practical. You can absolutely tell the difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly tell the difference. I definitely liked the mini Predator. I thought he looked really good. That Whoever the actor was, I didn't look it up, um, did a decent job, made it made you really feel like the Predator. I loved seeing him run, Yeah, and it felt like it was the Predator. You know yeah. what I mean? Totally. 100% it did. Hey, I have a question for you. Or actually, it's not a question. It was just confusing. Um, there were, like I said before, there were a lot of scenes that felt like they were left out. Um where did all those guns come from? All of a sudden, McKenna with his group of guys, they go to his house. They all of a sudden have crazy amount of weaponry. You know, does he store like 50 different guns and rocket propelled grenade launchers and grenades in his house? I, that's a great question. And that actually leads into my uh, lesson. So that was my lesson number three that I got was, and I'll, I'll jump right into it unless you have anything else you want to go over. No, we well, we might hit some other stuff, but go ahead into first lesson. Okay, so my first lesson, this was my number three that I wrote down, um, that I'm going to share is uh, have guns everywhere, even in the refrigerator in your camper. Like always have rifles everywhere, always have pistols, like always have a a hunting rifle that's you know hidden away in a in a shelf or something like that. Have guns everywhere because you never know when the predator is going to come at you, and you're going to have to protect yourself. Totally, totally. That was my third lesson. Just be prepared for Armageddon was my third lesson too. It, you know what's really, really cool? So, and in the in the show notes, we're going to put up there, um, I just bought a new firearm and I have a couple AR-15s there. You, everybody probably knows what AR-15 looks like. Um, but I thought, you know what? I want to buy something that's totally different. And have you heard of a rifle? It's a style. Instead of like an AR-15 style, it's called a bullpup. Have you ever heard of a rifle like that? No. So it's a bullpup. And what it basically does, if if I could explain it in words, and we'll put a picture in the show notes, it's basically the AR-15 is a long, longer rifle so that the the magazine goes in front of your hand where you're pulling the trigger. Well, 
Think of this as flipped, where the magazine is now behind your hand where you pull the trigger. It brings the entire barrel fully back behind it, so it's a smaller version of it. It looks like a space-aged weapon. Like when you when you see it, you'll be like, oh wow, that's totally different than an AR-15. So it makes it everything much, much more compact. Anyways, I bought one of those and I still haven't shot it yet. I, I got it on Sunday, and today is Wednesday when I'm recording it. I'm gonna go out tomorrow and shoot it, but I'm super excited to shoot that. And that's the type of gun that you would want when you're firing against a predator sounds really cool it sounds like it'd be a good kind of um a semi-automatic rifle to take like if you're trying to clear a building or clear a house or something like because it sounds like it's a more short like uh stumpy kind of gun but you probably still have the same accuracy because the barrel's just as long but it's just pushed back right you're absolutely right that's what it was intended for is so it's still 16 inches long same as a normal ar-15 it's just readjusted to where your 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 hand where you're pulling the trigger is literally like in the middle of the barrel as opposed to behind the barrel so yeah it's super super awesome it was created by the israeli weapons industries it's a, a, a israeli company but um yeah, it's made for close quarters. You know, you're clearing a room. You don't have this big, long um, rifle, but it definitely is very accurate. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So yeah, have guns everywhere. Be absolutely prepared. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, man. Hey, one of my lessons is do not take part in secret government projects because everyone on the government side dies when the alien kind of freaking turns the tables on you, right? Every one of those scientists in the room died. All those different soldiers that are trying to protect the scientists and that are on duty on premises dies as well. Just if the government comes to you because the government's pretty darn inept, right? If they're trying to deal with an alien presence or something, don't take part in it. Just walk away. Say, no, thank you. I'll go guard a base in Alaska if you want. I do not need to be on U.S. soil um, uh, trying to figure out alien technology. You are absolutely right. And when you said that the government is basically inept, it reminded me of a quote from Ronald Reagan. He said, one of the worst things you could ever hear is if you somebody knocks on your door and you open your door and somebody says to you, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> That's the absolute worst thing you would ever want to hear. Ronald Reagan said that. I'm like, that makes so much sense. Government people that work for the government, they do everything so poorly and horribly. And, and there's no, uh, you don't want to trust that. So you're absolutely right. You don't want to work for a government agency where you definitely are going to die. Yep, 100%. All right, so my next lesson, this was my first one, was Easily, it's you can know for sure that swallowing alien stuff is totally fine. It's not <laughs> going to hurt you. It's not going to make you, you know, turn into something or something bad. I'm just joking. That's not my actual lesson. So with that, though, I can see the premise or the principle of what he was doing or why he wanted to swallow it. So my actual lesson is getting proof of something that others won't believe is a good idea. Totally. So, yeah, making sure that... If there is an alien, or let's say you're doing something that's pretty awesome, like you're doing a double backflip on skis or a bike, or you know, you do something really cool. But um, yeah, you always want to have proof of something, especially if it's going to come back to bite you. You know, yeah. like McKenna knew that they, he's going to be a patsy, or that's what they call it, you know, a patsy, somebody, a fall guy for this. And he's like, I know, so I need to make sure that I can protect myself. Yeah, 
100%. I love that. I love that lesson right there. Um, my first lesson is nothing, or my next lesson is nothing is truly secure when you're dealing with alien beings. So they said the predator was secured. They had it strapped down across its chest, across its arms, but that wasn't good enough. This thing, I mean, if you, if you imagine Guardians of the Galaxy, um, when they picked up Thor, she's picking up his muscles and saying, oh, it's like his muscles are made of Qatari le- uh, metal fiber or whatever. I bet you if they would like look at that predator and see how buff and muscular it is man they should have had 20 times the amount of restraints on that sucker if they had just thought about it absolutely and had like an iv full of like uh meth or (laughs) heroin or something that's gonna keep him sedated or if he does wake up he'll be totally trashed he'll be totally happy yeah just be nice and content right there yeah (laughs) just keep feeding edibles or something to him there you go all right so my last lesson is don't listen to movies when it comes to science or logic or anything like that. Because, True that. Yeah, everything that they're saying, I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Or that doesn't make sense. This is just weird. Why is it? And so many things. And so movies are written by normal people that they are mostly, I wouldn't say normal. That's kind of a, a loose term. But just like a normal person that's not a scientist. They go out and they just, I mean, make a good story. And this was a way for them to tell a story and they used a lot of science or a lot of things. I'm like, none of that makes sense. Um, it just it doesn't even pass the smell test, like the common sense test. So I'm not even gonna listen to it. Totally. Totally. I love that point right there. I know that sometimes, uh, movies do hire, you know, uh, astrophysicists or scientists in whatever field the movies take taking place in. They sometimes hire them, uh, to give their feedback, you know, to give some objective input into the, into the science of the movie. But this one obviously didn't have any of that. No, no. They spent all their money getting Jake Busey's cameo. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Hey, real quick. So speak, excuse me, speaking of the science, right? Uh, does DNA from taking DNA from one creature who knows how to hunt and kill really well, is that going to be any different than another human's DNA? Like, like why are the predators, this is something they, they've totally um, rewritten into the script, right? Predators were just here to hunt and to collect trophies, but all of a sudden now they want to hunt from the most dangerous of the prey and take their DNA. How is, how is a, a killer's DNA different from like, you know, a, a, a housewife's DNA? That's a great point. What I thought was not necessary there, um, uh, thoughts of, or like their, their mental capacity, uh-huh. which it very well could be. I was thinking when, um, whatever the female, the biologist, she said that, Oh, wasn't it cool? He grew an exoskeleton underneath his skin. Like I was thinking like physical traits, not like the, uh, um, ability to, to rationalize how to kill and better and all that sort of stuff is more like physically. Like that's why the predator Goliath predator was 11 feet tall can grow an exoskeleton, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I understand that. But then why are they... Okay, so if that's what they think the goal is, why are they going after and trying to kill the most dangerous of humans, right? Why not just go down and kidnap a few random humans to take their DNA? That makes sense. Yeah, I so don't know. They, they just wrote into this whole thing, this whole DNA taking. And I understand that whole exoskeleton thing. By the way, 
That totally confused me. I didn't see it. I Maybe I wasn't paying attention close enough. I didn't see the Goliath uh, uh, suddenly generate an exoskeleton. But she did. And for the fact that she said that, I realized what happened. I think too many parts of this movie, something happened that too quickly without any explanation. And if they didn't comment on it, you wouldn't necessarily believe what you just saw. I, yeah, that makes sense. And you know what's funny? So I watched it once and I, I, I honestly, I'm never going to watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to the movies yesterday and, um, I was like, you know, let me pop my head in one more time as, cause I was like 20 minutes early. Let me pop my head in and watch the, the, a little bit of the predator because I went to the bathroom, like when the kid put on his helmet and was walking around town, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trick or treating, I was like, okay, this is a good bathroom tight. You know, I went and took a break. So I didn't see the house blow up or anything like that. So anyways, I went there and I watched it and I watched the whole predator fight scene again, where Goliath and mini predator go at each other. Mm-hmm. I did not, I was watching for it. I didn't see any time or at least I couldn't catch it. That he yeah. actually grew it in, in in an exoskeleton under his skin. It just seems like, how do you see that? If it's under his skin, how how does that work out? Is that what she said, under his skin? Because I just I just caught that he grew an exoskeleton. It, I, she literally said, at least I, I've heard it twice. Because the first time I heard it, he grew an exoskeleton under his skin. The second time I was really watching for it. Yeah, and she says he grew an exoskeleton under his skin. Weird. And I you could be completely wrong. but It has to be outside of the skin to see it. Exactly. I was just weird. I, uh, yeah. So many flaws in the movie. It was entertaining. Now, I want to go to the rating. What rating would you give this movie? Um. Okay, R- real quick. One last thing before we go to the rating. I'm sorry. I have to mention this. Traeger's death at the end shocked me. I was like, what? Did that really just happen? Did he turn his head and blow up his own head? Who? Okay, who's Traeger? And explain. I, I can't remember which one you're Traeger talking about. Traeger is the lead guy on the government side oh. that was in charge of getting everything. He was the guy that always was wearing dark glasses at night and stuff. Yes. I have no idea. That was just, like, what in the world just happened? Yeah. It's like, it's like he put on the laser on his shoulder. Great. Now he has a weapon that he can try to use. But I guess without any training, you're going to look left and shoot yourself in the head. It, it seems like that's what happened. But that's a what a crummy way for the story to have him die. I mean, exactly. He was, he was a big deal. Oh, it's, it's reminding me of the one of the most recent Star Wars where you have... Um, the uh, the tall stormtrooper. She was a female, really big, and she was supposed to be this big bad, you know, stormtrooper. I know, but she dies in like two seconds. Yes, like oh, come on, like y- you build it up to where this is going to be some big bad dude, but all of a sudden it's gone. Yep. Same thing with Traeger. It's all of a sudden you know just dies with a shot in the head from himself. I just weird. Yeah, he deserved to die to know that he was dying. Like, you yeah. know, he has to fight one-on-one with the Predator. The Predator toys with him, cuts off his arm, cuts off his leg, and then, you know, stabs him in the gut, then cuts off his head. He shouldn't have died like that without really seeing, uh, without knowing it's coming. He didn't, it was too good of a death for him. I completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. Yep. So anyway, getting to the score, that was the last thing about the movie I want to talk about. Oh, there's there's another thing, but we'll get to that later. Um. <laughs> The score that I would give it is a is a 60. And the reason why, it's because, like you had said, it's not super rewatchable. Rewatchable factor, maybe a three for me, pretty low. Um, and I, I definitely won't see it in the theater again. I probably won't rent it on Redbox. If it comes for free on Netflix one day, I might watch it then, you know. But I give it a 60 because just for the fun factor, for all the action, and for the gore, and if you're a Predator fan, it was pretty cool seeing this Goliath Predator um, 
with all the other stuff that we discussed, all the movie inconsistencies, it brought it down to a 60 for me. But it was still a fun watch, especially if you've uh, been a Predator fan of, you know, Predator movies in the past. That's a good point. Uh, that's the, I, I like the way you explain that. So I'm a little lower than that. Um, I was toying with the idea of giving it a 48. But I, because uh, it, it was so many inconsistencies, so, so many th- flaws that I just didn't like it. But I was fully entertained. And I really enjoyed the, and this is another big reason why it bumped up the, the, uh, in my rankings, is because the score that they put to it, was the same score that they had in Predator 1 and Predator 2 yeah. that really made you feel like you're back there and yet it made you remember and reminisce about the the old story and I totally. thought that really elevated it as well as the fighting the the action was really really good there were so many little you know irritating things that would come up I'm going to say little but lots of irritating big things that came up um and so I gave it a 53. Um, and the reason why it's 53 is because I enter- I was entertained. I was I definitely enjoyed it. It yeah. made me reminisce about Predator 1 and 2. But at the same time, I'm probably never going to watch it again. Yeah, I, I understand that point. Now, there's one thing that really gets me about this movie. And it's the same thing. I realized it afterwards with a movie like The Fallen Kingdom, uh, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom, right? This movie at the very end sets up what could be an awesome movie. There's a predator invasion coming. Now we have this suit that we can fight against this predator invasion, right? This whole movie, it could have been condensed into 10 or 15 minutes. It could have been um uh, the pre-credit the pre-credit scene of that more awesome idea of a movie. You know what I mean? That does make sense. Yeah, Just absolutely. like the Fallen Kingdom, um, at the end of the Fallen Kingdom, dinosaurs are now roaming out in the Pacific Northwest. Now, regular humans living in neighborhoods and regular cops and, and soccer moms, they have to contend with dinosaurs in their homes or around their homes now. That is a much better movie than the Fallen Kingdom, which was like, let's steal some dinosaurs to sell them at an international dino-selling bazaar, you know? That whole stealing the dinosaurs and then trying to sell them could have been the first 10 or 15 minutes of dinosaurs in the United States now. That's a great point. Now, okay, so that actually got me thinking of another inconsistency in the the storytelling process. Now, the storytelling process is, number one, they're predators. Oh, well, they're not predators. They're just hunters. So they're hunters. Well, hunters go in, they hunt, they they leave, or, you know, they don't really stay for a very long time. They go hunt and leave. You know, they take one or two and they leave, or five, ten, whatever it might be. They don't come in and invade the entire earth. And so why would they need to give the, the you know, the traitor, traitor predator, mini predator being the traitor, why would he need to bring them? If they're just hunters, why would he need to bring that? Because are they actually going to invade? And what's the purpose of, of invading? And it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't line up really well at all. Well, yeah, so it doesn't line up with what we know of the Predator, right? But now they're trying to, in this movie, they're trying to postulate a new reason that the Predators are coming. Now they want to take over our planet. Maybe their own planet is dying. Maybe they were kicked out by a higher, a high, uh, I'm sorry, a much more highly evolved. Maybe the aliens, you know, the xenomorphs, maybe they took over their planet from one of those prior AVP movies. And now their planet is unlivable. So they want to come to our planet. I mean, they're not explaining anything. All of a sudden now predators go from hunters and trophy collectors to now uh, basically wanting our planet. 
Now, that makes sense, but why in the world would somebody become a traitor? Like, why Why would the predator, who's being extinct, like your whole world is being extinct, or, you know, run over and your people are going to be extinct, why would anybody say, well, I'm going to be a traitor and not let my people live? Well, it's idiotic. Why would anybody who is American join ISIS? Yeah. I, you know, there's there's idiots in the world. There's people with terrible notions that's that true. are going to do something totally stupid, which makes no sense. And maybe this predator, maybe maybe the mini predator is just an idiot and kind of a, uh, he doesn't care about his own race. That very well could be it. Ah, mm-hmm. Man, yeah, so many bad things. They could have done it so much better. Like I said, Predator 1 was fantastic. Predator 2 was a great sequel to it. Um, I was hoping for a lot more. But yeah, 53, I, I kind of go back and forth between dropping in the 40s. But um, 53, and I, remember I asked, I told you, don't check out the Rotten Tomatoes before you actually watch the movie. I know you wouldn't, but I just want to verify. Uh, That's make sure right, you because you saw the movie before me and you wanted to keep me from uh, uh, realizing what the audience is thinking about this movie, right? Yeah, because I wanted you to go in with a fresh perspective, yeah. as I knew you would, but I just wanted to hammer home the point um, that just just tried to keep an open mind because I really because I did the same thing. I really wanted to know without having any outside information of it being a bad movie because I saw a lot of people saying how many inconsistencies there are, like mm. the storyline is blah blah. Everything we talked about, yeah, um, it seemed like people were hitting on that too, just how it's just it didn't make sense and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't want you to go into the movie having that thought before you watched it. Good. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate it because I probably would have checked out the score. And here's the thing. Before a movie's released, if you go to see it on Rotten Tomatoes, you'll see the critics score, the critics that were able to watch it ahead of time. And after the embargo's released, they start putting out their uh, their reviews so they get a score. But then you also see um, it's not a it's not a uh, an audience score. It's more like a uh, a percentage of the audience that wants to see it from surveys they put out. And, you know, the 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 critic score at the time was like 35, which I don't care. I mean, I know it's going to be lower than the audience no matter what. But then the, the number of the audience that wanted to see it was 97%. So I was right along with them. 97% of people want to see this movie. Great, I'm there. Absolutely. And I was 100% wanting to see it. I definitely yep. wanted to see it. Um, and obviously was going to see it. But yeah, yeah. So... Um, I really, really enjoy not knowing anything about a movie before I go watch it. Not watching Holy. the trailers, seeing the, any any reviews or anything like that. So I'm really glad you you thought of that and then pass it on to me. Yep. Good, good. Hey, one last thing. Um, the the movie prop that I would love to own from this, there was a lot of cool stuff. I mean, just owning that little ball um, that, that you know, turns you invisible, that contains that invisibility technology, that would pre- be pretty cool. And I thought about that wrist guard that has the weapons attached to it and stuff. That would be cool, too. But at the end, Traeger puts on a shoulder-mounted uh, cannon just directly on his shoulder. And I think that would be what I would want, that shoulder-mounted cannon. That's a good idea. So my movie prop was, um, I, I was thinking, was that little orb thing? I was thinking, oh, that could be it. But no, I was thinking it'd be fun to say, hey, he pooped it out or supposedly pooped it out. But what I was thinking that I would like to have as a movie prop was that TV remote control that they passed back and forth around. <laughs> yep. Or or that little tinfoil little uh, uh, reindeer or whatever it is. Oh, that little tinfoil reindeer. You know, her trank gun that she chased after the Predator with, that kind, I've never seen a gun like that, so that might have been pretty cool. 
and that was rather silly. There are so many tranquilizer guns that are so tiny. Oh yeah. I thought I, when I when I first saw her running with that, I thought, is she going to inject him with something else than just a tranquilizer? But when I saw it show, shoot, it was just a you know tranquilizer dart. I'm like, oh come on. You got people that are animal control that have small, much smaller guns than that that shoot the same tranquilizer dart. It was just was weird. Totally. Well, they just wanted to make a cool looking prop for her to run with, you know. Yeah. All right. And then jump onto a bus. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, this movie was my choice, of course. Next week is your choice. So what are we going to watch next week? We are going to watch Peppermint. Yes, I was hoping you would say that. So Peppermint seems really, really cool. There was a couple other movies that are out right now that I was thinking, uh, you know, I'm not a big, I, I'm not a big fan of like the whole community go psycho or like the entire city is psycho and people are killing each other. Is it? It just doesn't seem realistic. So I was thinking, staying away from that one. But Peppermint looks looks super cool. Uh, Jennifer Garner is a she seems like a great actress, and um, from all the things I've ever seen her playing, and it kind of brings back to her um, alias type of you know thinking uh, being roots, a, yeah, roots. And so I, I was like, yeah, let's see Peppermint. So what do you think? Sweet man, I'm down with it. I'm looking forward to it. I was gonna, regardless of you choosing it or not, if you didn't choose it this week, I probably would have chosen it next. Nice. Yep. Yep. Alrighty, so uh, for the listening audience, now that you know how we feel about The Predator, we would love to hear your thoughts. And not just your thoughts on the movie, but also on any life lessons that you took away from it that we neglected to mention. So please go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash thepredator. You can leave a comment at the bottom of the page. When you're there, you can check out our list of life lessons, a link to the official trailer, some screenshots, And right there, you'll also find a link to our Watch and Learn podcast Facebook page where you can leave a comment as well. So thank you so much for listening this week, and we will return next week with Peppermint. Peppermint.